Amen. It's always good to have Frank Sinatra singing <laughs> our special music. Great job, Lewis. Lewis is a dear friend and does a tremendous job. Beautiful this morning. Worship only Jesus. Thank you, Lewis. Turn with me, Hebrews chapter 1, and we'll talk about only Jesus this morning, verses 1 through 4. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Two years ago this Sunday morning, March the 4th, 2018, Michael Waldron, senior pastor of the First Corinthian Baptist Church in New York City, was preaching the morning sermon. In fact, you'll see their logo on the screen here. First Corinthian Baptist Church, more than 10,000 members, two years ago this morning was preaching and in the sermon said this, quote, there was a time in this country when preachers would get into the pulpit and say, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. That is insanity. Huge applause from the congregation. He continued on, the key is believing in God. And whatever path to God you choose, I celebrate that. We have enough in this world that divides us. We need to find things that bring us together. And again, huge applause from the congregation. Let God bring us together. Jesus divides us. It's two years ago this morning. Seeking unity over truth. We live in a culture in America today that continues to de-emphasize and undervalue Jesus. This morning we have, we've lifted him up, but our culture does not do that. And we're now into the final week of our six-week sermon series entitled Jesus Among Other Beliefs, and we've talked about the number one spiritual question around us in Garland, Saxe, and Rowlett, what do the major belief systems believe about Jesus and why do they differ? And, and so we've tried to address this question for the last six Sundays. And we've been answering by looking at what Judaism believes about Jesus and Hinduism and Buddhism and what Islam believed about Jesus. And last Sunday morning, what Mormonism believed about Jesus. This morning, we're going to close this series by looking at the fastest growing belief system in America. It's grown like crazy the last 20 years. By 2016, this belief system had caught both evangelicals and Roman Catholics in our country at 24% of our country. Now, in 2020, almost 38% of our population believes this. Its growth is 12% greater than all other belief systems in America. And really, it's no belief system at all. It's a belief system known as none, N-O-N-E. Whenever filling out surveys, what's your belief system? None. They don't believe anything, don't believe anyone spiritually, don't believe in God, don't believe in Jesus. And it's the fastest growing belief system in our country. None. Generation Z are those that were born after 1996. From 96 to 2009. 
among uh, nuns, among the Gen Z generation, are at 38%. Almost 4 in 10 of those people born between 96 and 2009 don't believe anything. This morning, I want us to look at what those around us in our American culture say about Jesus, because that influences us. I want us to begin by contrasting what the author of Hebrews said about Jesus and what our culture believes. Read with me chapter 1, verse 1. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the worlds, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. This morning, first of all, letter A on your outline, I want us to see what the author of Hebrews says about Jesus. Letter A, what does the author of Hebrews say? As you look at the Bible, especially Hebrews, the, the view on Jesus is the opposite of what is trending in our culture. Most of the Jewish culture initially rejected Jesus, but, but look what Hebrews tells us about him. Verse 1 Hebrews tells us that God's ultimate revelation of Himself to humanity culminated in Jesus. No one else but Jesus. That God took the initiative to reveal Himself to us, and whenever He did, He did it through His Son. Verses 2 and 3 tell us seven facts about Christ. You'll see them listed. He is heir of all things. He made the world. He is the brightness of God's glory. He is the exact image of His nature. He upholds all things by the word of His power. He purged our sins and afterwards sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Seven facts Hebrews tells us in two verses about Jesus. But the key verse is verse 3. There's one phrase in there. Translated a lot of different ways and mistranslated a lot of different ways by non-Christian groups to make Jesus less than He is. Look at verse 3 where it says, He is the express image of His person. Whenever a new Bible translation comes out, I'm, I'm always curious how they interpret certain things. And every time a new translation comes out, I immediately pick it up and turn to Hebrews 1.3. Because to me, that is one of the key points. That has been one of the phrases through the years that, that, that false belief systems have, have really honed in on one phrase. Who was Jesus? And so they take that phrase, the express image of his person, and they translate it so many different ways. Jehovah Witnesses, every time they come to my door, I say, look at, look at Hebrews 1.3. 
And they always interpret it. He is a representation of God. Well, there's a big difference in being a representation and being someone. He's not a representation. In fact, look at the phrase, Jesus is the expressed name. The phrase is character is the Greek word that's used. It's not a general likeness. It's an exact duplication. Character is used only one time in the New Testament. It's right here. Greek writers use the word character to, to describe the emperor's picture on a Roman coin. It wasn't a general likeness of the emperor. It was the emperor. It was his picture. It wasn't a likeness. It was him. And so whenever you look at who Jesus was in verse, in verse 3, it tells us that he is he is the exact duplication of God. Jehovah Witnesses, even the Amplified Bible says he's a representation. Well, that's a poor translation. New King James says the very being. Jewish Bible says he is the expression of God's e- essence. But the New Living Translation gets it right whenever it says he is the exact expression of his nature. So watch out for translations on Hebrews 1.3. Jesus is the exact duplication of God in the flesh. We're living in a world that rejects that. Now, like a letter B on your outline, I want us to see the influence of American culture upon Christianity. It's a great influence. Despite what we are taught in Hebrews, American culture is valuing Jesus less and less. Right now, this very moment, heaven is exalting him. Right now, if we could somehow peek into heaven, and John did that, if there's some way we could just kind of pull back the veil and and peek in, what we would see is Jesus high and lifted up, and people around him on their faces bowing before him and worshiping the Lamb because he's the only one who could take the scroll and break it open. And they're worshiping him, and then all of a sudden you descend from there and come down to our culture, and it's a culture who lessens him. Brings him down. According to the latest research, 20% of Americans today are either atheist or agnostic. 20% highest it's ever been in our country. One out of every five people you meet, either an atheist or agnostic. The Harris Poll a few years back said belief in God in the United States is falling. It's fallen every year. Evolution, Darwin's theory of evolution is rising. It was at 42% in 2016. Now it's at 47%. keeps going up. What we're also finding out is the younger you are, the more likely or the less likely you are to believe in God or believe in Jesus. The younger you are, the less likely you are to believe in Him. The top five states not believing in God, Vermont's number one. Maine's number two, New Hampshire's number three, Massachusetts number four, and the state of Washington number five. Most number of atheists. Here's some famous atheists you probably know. Jack Nicholson's one of them. Nominated the most number of times as male actor of the year. Billy Joel, singer, songwriter, not believe in God. Warren Buffett, fourth wealthiest man in the world, $88 billion dollars. 
doesn't believe in God or Jesus. Lance Armstrong, the cyclist, doesn't believe in God. Kevin Bacon, actor, everybody in the world's kin to him, but he doesn't believe in God. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix does not believe in God or Jesus. Won an Academy Award, Grammy Award, two Golden Globes. Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter film series, well-known actor, doesn't believe in God. James Cameron, filmmaker, Titanic, Avatar, Terminator, doesn't believe in God. Creators of South Park, 23 seasons in a row on prime time, Trey Parker and Matt Stone. So a lot of the episodes on South Park poke fun at Jesus. Natalie Dormer of the Game of Thrones and the Hunger Games doesn't believe in God or Jesus. Seth Green of Adult Swim's Robot Chicken doesn't believe in Jesus. Kiera Knightley, British actress, two Academy Awards, three Golden Globes, doesn't believe in Christ or God. Tennis star Rafael Nadal doesn't either. Keanu Reeves of The Matrix does not believe in God. And even the man who played God, Morgan Freeman, doesn't believe in God. When American atheists are asked, why do you not believe in God? The number one response is, we don't agree with the teachings of Christianity. And number two reason is, we don't like the positions the church takes on social issues. But folks, just because someone questions truth and doesn't like what the Bible says about truth, doesn't make them untrue. Doesn't make them false. Atheism and agnosticism on the rise in our culture, and they have been ever since 2000, every, every single year since 2000, the numbers have gone up, the number of atheists and, and agnostics in our country. And right now, the top two age groups in which atheism and agnosticism are rising the most are millennials and Gen Z. Millennials are those born between 1981 and 1996. Generation Z, or post-millennials, born between 1996 and 2009. And, and then, of course, there's the alpha generation, 2010 to today. And, and those two millennials and Gen Z are the ones atheism is rising the fastest among. Folks, that is frightening for our culture, isn't it? That's who's going to replace us. And they don't believe in God. Letter C on your outline, I want us to look at some American beliefs about Jesus. There are six of them I want us to look at today and see where our culture stands on those. These are conducted by the Barner Research Group, which is a very... Um, reputable group and very accurate with their information. I want us to look at six of the key belief systems of our culture about Jesus and see where we stand. First of all, number one, Americans do believe Jesus was a real person. Most Americans today believe Jesus was an actual person who lived in history. For a while, Bible critics and Bible skeptics tried to cast doubt on whether Jesus actually even lived or not. Probably about 10 years or so ago, it was really hot among, among a, lot of, a lot of the archaeologists. And, well, did we even know Jesus even lived? And, and the mountain of evidence was so overwhelming that today any credible historian, uh, really any historian at all uh, that, that's, that's credible in any way, 
does not doubt whether Jesus was God or not, or rather, he was a, or rather whether he was an actual person or not. The evidence is overwhelming. In fact, more evidence support that Jesus lived than Napoleon lived. So, no credible historian doubts the historicity of Jesus. But most Americans, 92% of Americans, believe Jesus was an actual historical person. Now, only 87% of millennials believe that. But 92% of Americans believe that. So, most of us believe he lived and he was real. Of course, the Bible talks about the humanity of Jesus over and over and over as a real person in historical context. Look at Luke 2.52. talks about Jesus after he, he went back to Nazareth. It says he increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. I don't know what happened there. Woke you, <laughs> woke you up though, didn't it? Increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. God wanted you to hear that point, by the way. That's what happened. But look here, he, he increased spiritually and physically and emotionally and psychologically. Now, who would have ever thought Jesus needed to increase in anything? But he did. He was human. Did he increase spiritually? That's what it says. Favor with God. Look at number two. America's divided over Jesus' sinlessness. Divided over Jesus' sin. Was Jesus God or not? America is divided. Look at the numbers on this. 56% of Americans believe Jesus was God in the flesh. Only 48% of millennials believe that. 56% of Americans. So about, about half. Was Jesus God? Half Americans say yes, half of them say no. That's, by the way, the lowest it's ever been in our culture. And all the way down the demographic of Americans, the younger you get, the less the number drops from 48%. Whenever Jesus lived on earth, was he sinless? Again, America's divided. Look at these figures. 52% of Americans believe Jesus was sinful like everybody else. More than half of Americans believe Jesus was just as sinful as anybody. And even, of course, even more millennials believe that, 56%. Jesus was sinful like you and me. More, most Americans. But look what Hebrews 4.15 tells us. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. He was sinless. Our culture, they're not buying it. Number three. Jesus' words are not absolute. That's what culture believes. Fewer and fewer people in America believe Jesus' words are absolute. They believe Jesus' words are an opinion. And he had an opinion like you have an opinion and I have an opinion. He, he is right, his, right to his opinion. That doesn't mean his opinion is correct. That's what Americans say. So if you quote the Bible today, someone will say, well, that's an opinion. Or if you state what the Bible says about something in American culture, it's no longer valued as absolute truth, and they say, so what? The Bible says it, so what? 
And so in our culture today, there's, there's less and less absolute truth and more and more relative truth. Relative truth means that you really can't say something's right or wrong at all. You just have to take the circumstance. It may be right in a circumstance or right to a person or right in a situation and wrong another time, but it depends on, on who you are and where you are in the setting. And that belief is huge in our culture. Look at the latest numbers on, on the Bible. 24% of Americans believe the Bible is without error. 24% of them, that's an all-time low. That's one-fourth. Three out of four don't believe it is. But yeah, what's interesting is most Americans haven't read it. <laughs> that doesn't make sense, does it? Still, God upholds the validity and the truth of His Word. Look at 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. In other words, it's not made up by a preacher or a Baptist preacher or someone. It's profitable for doctrine, approved correction, instruction, and righteousness. All Scripture is God-given. It's God-breathed. God is not, He does not make mistakes. But only one out of four Americans actually believe that. So when you quote the Bible, the three out of four means nothing. Look at number four. Jesus is the only one who can judge. That's what Americans believe on Jesus. He's the only one who can judge me. Nobody else. It's a very popular mantra in our culture. You hear it all the time. Only Jesus can judge me. An overwhelming majority of Americans believe only God or Jesus can judge and determine if an action is wrong or right, but you can't, I can't, you can't judge, I can't judge. The pop verse that they say that they really like to quote is Matthew 7, 1, judge not lest you be judged, but they don't read the rest of the passage. Let's read the rest of it. They pull out verse 1, judge that you be not judged, period, end, end of discussion. But, but hold on, wait a second. Verse 2, for with what judgment you judge will be judged, and with measure you use it will be measured back to you. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but you don't consider the plank in your own eye? Verse 4, or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye, hypocrite. But look at verse 5, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to get the speck out of your brother's eye. We don't hear that, do we? Or look at the next verse, John 7, 24. Jesus said, do not judge according to appearance. Look at the last phrase, but judge with righteous judgment. Well, we are to judge then, aren't we? Interesting. I thought we weren't. Look at Galatians 6, 1. If, brethren, if a man is overtaken in a trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So, so we're to judge whether an action's wrong or not, and if it's wrong, we're to bring the person back into fellowship. How do we know that if we don't judge? So we are to judge righteously. We're to look at the fruits of a life. We're to distinguish whether an action's right or wrong according to Scripture. And we're to see if someone's living a wrong life. And if they are, we're to restore them. But you don't hear any of those verses quoted in our culture. You just hear Matthew 7, 1. Don't judge me. So most of culture doesn't even know what Jesus taught about judging. 
And number five, our culture is conflicted over Jesus as the only way to heaven. Is Jesus the only way to heaven? Americans are conflicted on this. Look at the surveys. 63% of Americans, you'll see there on the screen there, 63% of Americans believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. That's the lowest percentage it's been in, in, in American history. 15% say they don't know what happens after you die. You know, I think if I was those 15%, I'd try to figure that out. That's pretty important, don't you think? But again, 63% of Americans believe Jesus is the only way to heaven, and only 56% of millennials believe that. So again, the, the younger you are in our culture, the less you believe Jesus is the only way. Now, look at Jesus' own words in John 14, verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But yet only one half of our culture believes what he said. One half of America believes there are many ways to God, not just Jesus. And look at number six, the last one. Most Americans say they have committed their lives to Christ. Whew. Really? Most Americans say they have committed their lives to Jesus. What's interesting to me is most Americans say they've committed their lives to Christ despite all the low numbers in the first five points. Look, look at the latest figure. 60% of Americans say they've made a commitment of their life to Christ. Only 46% of the millennials have said that. 60% overall of Americans say they've made a commitment to, to their life to Jesus Christ. There's a disconnect somewhere. Here's another interesting figure that surfaced. The more money you make, the less likely you are to commit yourself to Christ. Those people making $50,000 or less a year, 65% of those have, have received Christ. If you make 100000 or more, only half of you have. And then if you keep going up a scale of how much money you make a year, fewer and fewer receive Christ. The more money you have, the less you receive Jesus in our culture. What's well, interesting, despite the claims of six of ten Americans that commit to Jesus, uh, their fruits, not their words, what God's looking for. Look at Matthew 7, 16. Jesus said, you will know them by their fruits. Men don't gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles. Maybe this morning there are those who have claimed to receive Christ, but there's no fruit. Maybe this morning you're one of those. Maybe this morning if someone were to ask you, have you received Jesus? Yeah, absolutely I have. But if you look at your life, is fruit coming, spiritual fruit, and you'd have to go, eh, not a lot. So you have to do more than make the claim. Jesus has to come from your life. One more note about Americans is interesting. 
According to Ed Stetzer in Lifeway Research, look at this, 72% of Americans believe the church is full of hypocrites. But 78% of unchurched America said they'd be willing to listen if someone wanted to share with them about Jesus. Wow, isn't that interesting? 72%, oh, church is just full of a bunch of hypocrites. Whenever they tell me that, I always say, we got room for one more, come on. <laughs> but 78% will say, if you're, willing, if, if, if you're willing to talk about him, they're willing to listen. So we, we live in a culture that's becoming more godless, believing fewer of the great truths of the faith, fewer believing essential truths about Jesus, but if someone would talk to them about him, they'll listen. So there's hope. Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you today for your word and thank you for the truths of what you've told us about Christ. God, I realize we're living in a culture that does not believe, Hebrews 1, 1 through 4, where Jesus is high and exalted and supreme and preeminent. God, it is our jobs, those who have members of a 152-year-old church, it's our jobs to be the ones to show them Christ, to speak of Christ and to have fruits coming from our lives. So, Lord, today I, I pray that you would help us to, as we leave these walls and go out into a culture that's really divided over who Jesus is, I pray that we'll live him so well and they'll see him so accurately they can't say no. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's stand.